Whether it's digital or analog design that keeps you busy, today it's all about the experience. This is Experience by Design, a podcast exploring the latest trends and solutions helping create the most intriguing experiences you can imagine and the ones you can't. Hosted by Brian Mazaros. Welcome to another episode of the Experience by Design podcast. I'm your host, Brian Mazaros, and today we welcome Stephen Cabot, principal of Iconic 360 Sound and Music. Stephen is an Emmy Award-winning composer and Sundance Composers Lab Fellow. He's had the pleasure of creating sound and music for location-based properties such as Fox's Ice Age, No Time for Nuts, The Walking Dead at Universal Studios Hollywood, Alien vs. Predator at Universal Studios Japan and Hollywood, and Alien Descent, Fox's premier VR experience. Currently, Iconic is scoring original music, sound design, and immersive audio integration for Sony's Hotel Transylvania experience at Dream Island Moscow, as well as the newly built Shanghai Planetarium. It is an absolute pleasure to welcome Stephen to the show. Thank you for joining. Thanks, Brian. It's great to be here. It is, it is a pleasure. I've been really looking forward to... Uh, to chatting with you ever since, um, well, ever since we connected. So um, I guess I'll have to start. Just you. if you can let sort of give everyone a little bit about your background and, and, and what your focus is over at Iconic. Sure. Uh, well, thank you. thanks again for having me. It's a real pleasure to be here. And, and yes, ever since we connected, I've been very excited about this. I love talking about all things audio, and it's great to be on uh, on your design podcast talking about my favorite subjects. So uh, a little of my background uh, and then a little of the company background. So I got my start uh, directly, well, I guess during college, but directly out of college um, professionally uh, when I started scoring uh, independent features. Um, and and during that lifetime, uh, I scored several films that premiered at Sundance and uh, in 2000 was invited to their Sundance Composers Lab as one of one of six fellows um, and and from there just started scoring movies and TV uh, and during that process I won a couple of Emmy Awards and uh, and among other things, and uh, and then somehow fell in backwards into the uh, into the location based uh, uh, into the location based space, and and I, it's been fantastic. Uh, the the people that I meet are so diverse, and it's it's every project is is just completely different, and different challenges, different. Uh, different needs and goals, and, and I, it's one of the great things about what we do. I think you can probably agree with that. Um, and, uh, and so that brings me to the company, to Iconic 360. So uh, during this time, uh, I, I started to uh, build the company because, you know, un unlike doing film and TV, I really need um, a bigger group of folks because we're working on projects all around the world. And uh, and so we started to do started in in uh, doing original music uh, mainly and and that was by virtue of my uh, film scoring relationships. 
um, with the studios, um, with the film studio. So I had a friend that was working in an LBE department, uh, location-based entertainment uh, department at Fox, and they were working on a 4D film, which was Ice, Ice Age, No Time for Nuts, uh, and, and asked me if I could help them out. And uh, I said, sure, sure. And it was a film, so it was a comfortable medium for me already, and I was a known quantity for them. And we got into it, and it turned out great. And I believe, I believe this is true. It's the highest-grossing 4D film ever done. Um, not because of me, but I was part of it, and it was fun. Um, it turned out great. And, and then it really, the, the great byproduct is it opened me up to this world of location-based entertainment. And, and then we got more into um, sound design, uh, and that brought us into... Uh, audio integration, uh, meaning uh, for us, uh, spatial 3D audio design. Uh, and we'd been doing mainly VR projects, uh, is how we got our start. So um, that, that work culminated in the Alien Descent project that you mentioned in the intro. Uh, Fox did a, a, a big VR project with their, um, with their alien uh, IP, and they hired me to do the music uh, and sound design for it. Uh, it quickly became apparent that we also needed to do the audio integration. The, the publisher was not able to do the 3D audio properly. And uh, I'm based in Seattle, uh, which I don't think we mentioned yet, but uh, by virtue of that, I am surrounded by some very great technical talent, uh, in particular in, in uh, the game audio world, uh, so I was able to bring on some some highly skilled tech folks, and and we and we did the uh, the integration, the audio integration, in addition to the music and and sound design. Ironically, uh, they decided after we recorded all the music and everything to throw out the score because, uh, as the producer said, it, it's not really very realistic uh, that there's music uh, in this experience, which, of course, yes, interesting, because, you know, my, my response was, well, I can see that because when you're on an alien planet being attacked by polymorphs, of course there wouldn't be music. <laughs> small, small point. Small yeah, point. Small all, point. all the rest of that stuff being very realistic, of course. Um, so, uh, but but we ended up doing um, doing the integration, and and then that's morphed over into three uh, D audio integration and design for uh, for spaces for location based spaces. So not in the headphones, but in in a room, shared experience. Do you, do you find that this is? I mean, going that direction of starting to score for environments that. You've had to change your your process and, and how you approach scoring. I mean, has has the fact that you're you're working in a real true three D environment changed that? That's a really good question. Uh, yes and no. Um, mostly mostly no. And the reason is that the the process. I mean, this this story is still linear, more or less. Yeah. Um, we, we do do interactive uh, projects where that isn't so much the case, but I would say 90% of the time we're, we're doing some kind of a linear uh, story progression. So, so that's a lot like film. That's a lot like my background. Um, but 
the other side of it is, you know, how, how are we designing music for the space? What are we thinking of? And, and sound design, not just the music. And, um, and then, and that's a whole different can of worms. Uh, you know, for, I would say at this point, um, and we're, we're working on this like right now with the, with the Shanghai Planetarium project. Um, we are thinking about, about how to design the music spatially um, because we have a multi-channel uh, 3D system that we're working. I'm working with my audio partners in China on this, and um, and and it's a score that lends itself particularly well, uh, as you might expect from from the client uh, being a planetarium. They're they're very future thinking, <laughs> forward uh, forward tech leaning, and uh, so they they're really encouraging me and us to think uh, think uh, very progressively about music and, and placement so so there is there is some of that and and I actually just delivered a piece yesterday to them uh, where you know we're I'm designing things to put into particular spaces uh, and this is for the music sound design that's more kind of straight ahead 3d so you know if if a planet or a meteor is going you know from left to right looking looking to you know your left then then you're going to place it there um, and and that's what we've been doing even back uh, when we were programming for VR um, you know you're building a sound world and you're telling a story within this context um, of this world you're building um, you know what's exciting about this um, is two things so one is that that now with the 3D audio technology that, that we're working with, we can we can very realistic realistically create uh, the world that we hear. Can we back up, Brian? I'm sorry. Yeah, sure. Let's just as I say so. Just maybe I'll I'll start that description again. I was getting ahead of myself a little bit. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 absolutely fine. Um. So uh, where did forget where I cut off, um, but I'll start talking about the um, uh, designing, doing the, the audio world building. I think that's where I kind of left off. Um, so should I just jump back in? Yeah, just jump back in. Okay. Uh, I feel like I need a little clipboard or something. Okay, go. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, and, and in the 3D sound design space, we're, we're designing sound worlds from scratch. And what's exciting about that is, is two things. We can very convincingly recreate the world that we're already familiar with. Uh, before, you know, even, even with stereo or even in, in um, surround sound mixes, uh, you're getting, you're, everything's on a plane. So we can do some tricks with placement, certainly left to right in this, in the stereo field, but up and down is a, is a much more challenging thing. Now, uh, with the technology that, that Iconic works with, we can put sounds anywhere in, in a 3D spectrum. And, and so we can recreate very convincingly a world we're already very familiar with. But the other thing is that we can create completely brand new worlds, and that has you know, kind of limitless um, storytelling potential. So you know, for artistic purposes, um, you know, we can we can direct the attention of, of the audience wherever we want. Uh, we can separate people. We can 
make it interactive. Um, so, so there are a lot of possibilities, and those are just a couple sort of temple ideas. Um, but this also, you know, this also has implications for branding, um, and just creating environmental spaces. Uh, it, it really is kind of limitless, um, and and I think that within the next certainly 10 years, but I would say even sooner than that, we're looking at a real radical shift in how we experience sound in spaces. Um, and, and that means music, it means sound design, does mean branding, um, advertising, all those kind of things uh, are affected by this. Um, you know, that may be good or bad news. <laughs> well, um, I, I was gonna yeah, say, go you know, I mean, how do you, how do you find you know, because I, I like how you kind of described it and, and how, you, how, you, how you talked about it, but then I'm, I'm thinking the other side of, you know, the way a, an environment is, is built on, on the physical sense because, you know, how do you find that balance where, you know, architects and, and, and even, you know, EGE firms are creating, you know, environments to where they're, they're asking the audience to do you know, they're they're designing in a way that you would you would follow through on this this pattern or these behaviors, and then you also have the senses, which then come into play of whether someone wants to, to stop and interact or or how they perceive visuals, and now you have audio, which is another level to that. And so, you know, what is what does that look like when you're trying to create, um, you know, a soundscape that you know, plays to the way the space is designed and how people move around it. Is, is, is it a challenge? Is it not so much of a challenge? Is it, I'm, I'm kind of curious on, on that. Mm. Well, it's, it's always a challenge. Um, and, and really kind of going back to the, um, to the opening question, you know, all projects are different. And that's both the good news and the bad news. Uh, some some projects are more challenging than others, right? Um, and sometimes we have trickier problems to solve. Uh, that could be something structural, like how do we get sound around this corner, or um, you know, is something in the way? Um, a, a big one uh, that we're dealing with now, and and honestly, repeatedly, is we've got this bank of LED screens. Where exactly are we going to put the speakers? Um, you know, stuff like that. Um, but but those are all those are all problems that that we have experience dealing with, and I mean we as an industry, not just not just my company. Um, but but I think the the bigger part of what you're talking about is content, and and those those ideas are very site specific, very project specific, and uh, and you know I and when you were asking the question, my first thought. Um, was retail, because you know we want we want to direct attention, and there's you know there's a lot of research um, done about how audio and music, uh, in particular, affects buying decisions um, because of mood, how it affects mood and and creates a, an environment. Um, now, so so let me speak about that for a moment. Um, that. That kind of research is done mainly for the purpose of music and specific genres of music uh, as, as 
compared to particular spaces. So let's say a gap versus a restaurant or a hotel lobby versus a warehouse store, something like this. Uh, so it's not very granular. What I'm talking about and what, what my company is working on is, is much more um, focused. So it's not just music and it's not just a genre of music. It's, it's placing sounds in particular places. Uh, it could be, uh, and, it, and it doesn't have to be music. I mean, it could even be language. So let's consider a, a, a retail shop. Um, which, you know, I guess until this year, we were becoming increasingly global, right? Um, so you could be at a mall in, in, in China or in Abu Dhabi or in New York and, and literally dozens, if not a hundred different languages that could potentially be spoken in your mall at any given time. So, you know, we're limited in by hard drive space, which isn't much of a limitation um, in terms of being able to speak directly to people in the way that they understand. Uh, and I don't just mean like as in music as a universal language, I mean like literally doing store greetings or any other informational things in, in uh, however many languages you want. And, and depending on the kind of data we get, we can speak directly to those people in an inter interactive way. Um, that's that's how that's another layer of this 3D audio programming, um, that that's really revolutionary. Um, it just it's a matter of thought, uh, programming, and and really and technology. But you know that's kind of the easy part. Well, I, li um, I like that you, you you mentioned that. Um, yeah, you know, because I, I think you, you kind of touched on a really good point, which is. You know, I think we were kind of heading down this path of, of, of everything to where environments are, are trying to be, I guess you could say, personalized experiences or, or in, in some sense trying to be as, as real-time authentic as, as possible to where it's, it's, it's catering to the audience that is there at the moment um, as, a, as opposed to the masses. And, you know, I, I, I like, you know, and this is where I love the, the layer of audio because... You, you know, we've always been so focused on the visuals, and I think we've we've relied in some cases on the visuals to you know have that impact on behavior, on emotion, um, and I think sometimes you know fortunately audio was was sort of left as as an afterthought. Um, but I really kind of like how you're talking about it. Really, you know, it's it's impact and in, in changing that perception, you know, creating those emotions and and really bringing to life the story of the environment or or the brand um have you i mean just you know there's retail and and you know but if you look at other environments besides retail and just you know lifestyle centers or even into into airports i mean do you think there's opportunity there to really kind of craft a story i can think about you know in, in, in airports i mean they're just becoming these um a lot of a lot of the ones that are opening now are, are, are just masterpieces in architecture and there's a story to tell about the destination. Um, but do you, do you see some of those other kind of environments like that, they're really starting to embrace audio design and, and, and using that as another, as another, well, another census, another sense to, to really bring in an impact? Yeah, I think so very much. Um, I think a couple of things are at play, and I'm really glad you brought up airports because that, that, is, that is a... I mean, it's an airport is where I want to be back to. Um, 
<laughs> I want to get back to an airport. <laughs> yeah, yes, right, don't we all? Um, although, honestly, this morning I was thinking, it's kind of nice. I've been, I've, I've really grown accustomed to kind of being a homebody. I'm really a homebody by nature and was traveling, you know, a lot of the time uh, before COVID. And um, anyways, but that aside, yes, I'm, I'm anxious to get back. And so are my clients uh, anxious to get me back um, into their spaces. Um, you know, I think one thing kind of underpins your question, Brian, um, that audio does kind of come late in the process. Um, and, and it's a challenge, I, I have to admit, but, um, but I think that that is, that is changing a little bit. Um, but, but I think one of the fundamental ideas um, that, that people, I hope, are starting to embrace uh, is that audio certainly is one of the primary senses. Is, um, it's a very, very effective way of grabbing people's attention, like you said, creating moods, communicating. Um, but it's also a lot cheaper. I mean, it's a lot more cost effective than, say, building something. You know, glass and steel and concrete's expensive. Um, you know, comparatively speaking, audio is not is a line item. <laughs> it's 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 it has a dramatic impact uh, for a much much lower price point. Um, so that I think that's one important thing to put out there um, in terms of how it in interacts with with spaces. Um, in a new way, that's what we're that's what we're learning now, you know, as a community, and and it's my job, you know, as a principal of of, of my company to to champion the idea of audio uh, as a as a really fundamental piece of, of a larger design uh, project, right? So um, so getting into a project early, for example, uh, you were talking about airports, and there are airports that are that are really looking forward and and aren't just places to rush through. Uh, I think we, we both have uh, experience in this. Uh, a, uh, Asian airports in particular seem to be pretty, pretty on top of the idea that, you know, it should be a welcoming place. As you said, it should, it should indicate something about where you are, tell a bit of a story about where you've just arrived or where you're leaving from. Uh, two, that, two that come to mind right off the bat is certainly in uh, Changi Airport um, and <coughs> in uh, Singapore and, um, and the new Beijing Airport, Daxing. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I don't I forget what they spent, some ungodly billions of dollars <laughs> uh, building a brand new airport in, in, in uh, Beijing. And, and although we didn't work on that airport is certainly familiar with with the design features at Changi, and and they put a lot of thought into making it a, a destination in and of itself. Uh, so I think airports are are a really good example, uh, and I think that that I think that audio helps in a number of different ways. Um, the first that comes to mind is um, you know when we think of airports, we probably think of rushing. We, we often think of you know, rushing, getting to a plane or getting away from there or something. And audio can go a long way into taking that, the, 
the level of anxiety down several notches. Um, I mean, it can be anything from nice, calming uh, atmosphere to music to something that's familiar. Um, you know, and, and I think part of that is also the noise um, so of the thing. So hearing planes taking off and some of that, some people may think that's romantic, but um, other people might find it stressful. You know, I'm always traveling and this, the sound of the planes and the sound of the announcements and all that stuff can be kind of oppressive. Um, and we can do a lot about that. So, um, and then I think that that has implications about um, you know, how we would experience a hotel lobby, for example, or, or a retail space or the larger, you know, a larger mall. Um, so I, I think it has implications for a lot of different kinds of spaces, but with maybe similar kind of answers. What, what is it, you know, I mean, the, the, the one I'm, I'm really curious, and I think we touched upon it a, a little bit more, and, you know, you... Kind of how do I want to kind of phrase this? I mean, you, you were talking about you know the different spaces and and again the way people behave within in the space. But you know when you're thinking of a, of a sound to create for it, I mean, what, where do you where do you start? I mean, like what what do you like what do you draw upon? Is it is it is it the the actual design of, of the environment? Is it the the history? Because I'm, I'm thinking you mentioned hotels. And there's there's a lot of um, you know set aside some of the newer hotels, but some of the older ones that have a really rich history. Um, you know what what do you what do you look at first to even think about the tone or you know and, and how this this the audio is going to come together? Is there, is there something you you fixate on first? Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, well, I think the the first thing that comes to mind is that that we draw on our experience. Uh, you know, what has worked in other places, um, what approaches just as a general rule for a particular kind of space um, or an approach that a client has, especially if it's a client we worked with before. Um, but then it comes down to the space. You know, you were talking about hotels and those can be really tricky because it caters to a lot of different kinds of people and, and it's a constantly moving audience, right? Um, but it's, it's more intimate and less thematic than, say, like an airport. Airport has a theme, more or less. It could be, you know, a, a aviation theme, which is kind of an obvious theme, but it could also be related to the place you're going. So if it's in Singapore or Beijing or New York, there's, there's a, a built-in story. Uh, hotels may or may not have that. So when you were talking about hotel, you know, <laughs> the funny thing that popped into my head uh, was the Chelsea Hotel in uh, in uh, Manhattan, uh, which I was lucky enough to stay in uh, on a project just before it closed or turned into condos or something, I think is what it is now. Um, and wow, what a rich history that is. So, so I think the first step is you sit down with the client. And I think this is very much you know, a designer's approach. Um, whether it's audio or visual um, or architectural, you sit down with the client and I may come in with several ideas. So if it's the Chelsea Hotel, there's a lot of music history, there's a lot of literature, literary history, um, 
a lot of artistic history, and that's that's a lot of stuff to draw on, a lot of inspiration to draw on. Uh, sit down with the client and say, you know, Jimi Hendrix stayed in that room, <laughs> uh, and that seems like like something that we could use. You know, how do you feel about that? What what are your goals? Um, you know, with with a hotel, they may be more general, trying to to give off a certain vibe. Uh, so we may do some kind of a collage um, of people who have stayed there before, um, or something more general like like the sounds of New York City. Um, but let's think of retail uh, again, and the focus of the retailer is uh, probably wanting to draw attention to particular things in particular places. You know, there's a sale over here, there's a new brand over there, um, and just. Just like in film, you know, a good a good film storyteller is able to direct your attention to where they want it to be on the screen. Right? Think of Stanley Kubrick and the way he frames shots. Um, he, your attention is exactly where he wants it to be, and audio is part of that. In a three D uh, in a three D audio environment, we can get very granular about where attention is, and and that can be done by you know shock making a sound, a particular uh, sound that captures your attention, or something more subtle, more pleasing. Um, and and that, that makes it a really powerful storytelling tool. Um, because, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a little technical here for a second, but audio is actually the, the quickest of the senses to the brain. It's the quickest one to be processed by far. Um, I think it's like 50 to 100 times more quick to be processed in the brain than visuals uh, or smell, which I think are the next two in line, but they're, they're far slower. And you're right, people do rely on visuals quite a bit, and, and it takes someone uh, in the visual side to explain why that, that is. But I can say from, from the audio standpoint, uh, audio audio is kind of the survival instinct. It's the primal instinct. Um, it, it, process, it begins the process uh, in, in the, at the back of the brain, you know, or uh, the primal brainstem, and then takes this magnificent path all the way through the brain to become what, you know, a symphony or language or something like this. So it's a, it's a really complicated but also really fast and really effective sense. So. So, in the hands of people that understand how to use that and the tools really well, it can be incredibly effective at getting people's attention, you know, again, for the purpose of, of communicating a story, uh, whether it be artistic or retail or something else, you know, moods, or, or even just language. Uh, again, you know, we can... We can not just with, with our software technology, but also with hardware technology, nanosource speakers that can really pinpoint, um, pinpoint a, a, even down to a person uh, where you are in a crowd. As long as I get the data that I need, I can provide a very unique, specific experience to even down to a person. That's always being refined, so I don't want to make this big blanking sweeping <laughs> promise about you know being able to get directly inside one person's ear, but we're getting there, and, and it's getting... You've just scared so many people. Yeah, well, you know, that's funny that you, you, you remind me of the, uh, 
you know, meetings I've had where I get excited about this because this is technology and it has such great implications, but... No, but uh, I, I don't think... I, I don't yeah. know. I, I, I mean, I, I, we've all been in those meetings. You know, you... you, you then you're passionate about something, you, you, you kind of talk about where it's heading or where you see it's heading and, and, and the trends that you see forming with it. But I, I, I do think, you know, I think the reality is is that, you know, environments are, are, are becoming, especially new things that are being built are, are becoming more intuitive and, and, and they're, they're, they're really playing to the audience. They're doing their best to, to connect people the place it's it's you see it i guess maybe i mean you see it a lot obviously in themed entertainment you you see it in in exhibit design and um you know you're starting to see it in in retail um there's there's a lot of great examples of of some innovative retail stores that have opened and i i think it's only just going to continue to progress the the technology is there um, and, and I think you have some people that have the, the vision, understand how all of, all of the senses connect to, to deliver a, a really unique experience. So I, I don't see anything wrong with it. I think it's it's what's it's what's happening. Um, and I think to ignore it, it doesn't do any justice to future opportunities for for design. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think you know part of part of that is what happens. Uh, Anytime there's dramatic uh, increase in or progress in in technology, it also brings with it a lot of responsibility, right? So, so uh, I I think as well as in addition to being um, you know forward thinking and creative and and brilliant about how you're telling stories and solving problems, you also have to be conscientious about what you're doing. Uh, what, you know, is is this good? <laughs> and checking in on that that question uh, is is a good idea um, throughout the process. You know, is what we're doing good? Is it helping? And uh, and I mean, not just not just as a conscientious thing. That's a that's a good artistic question to be asking a lot too. Um, as I'm saying this out loud, I'm I'm thinking thinking back to my projects. Like, yeah, I need to ask myself that often. Um, but you know there is that side where uh, I'm remembering a particular meeting uh, with the I had recently uh, with a design firm talking about this kind of thing, and and there was a a, a general a generational issue came up where you know I, I think I said something along the lines of we could be in a dark ride and and cater to an individual even by name you know imagine Mickey Mouse saying hi Brian mm -hmm. welcome you know welcome to a small world and and quickly immediately the creatives in the meeting were shuddering <laughs> like that's creepy and but as we talked about it you know it it would be really exciting for a young child because you know they're more open to these kind of things or you know, more, um, how do I want to say, a, a, a greater greater openness in their imagination, I guess, um, where, you know, an, an adult, the parent might say, how do you know my child's name? That's creepy. <laughs> and Yeah, but, but again, you know, I, I kind of, you know, I mean, this is where it's interesting to see two worlds kind of come together. I mean, some of what you're describing to agree I mean you see a lot of interesting um, out of home 
media examples. Probably more so in, in, in Europe that there's been this edginess of, of you know, really trying to shock and all tactic with, with people through the, through the visual sense, the visual sense of, of you know, reacting to or, or trying to, you know, personalize that engagement. But, um, but I think you're right. I mean, there's, there's that opportunity for, for audio to play into that and, and, and again, to, um, you know, appeal to the audience. So I, I know it's it's like you 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 talk about it and you sort of you check yourself and think is is that are are we ready for that? I guess that's a, that's a question for everything, isn't it? Are, are, are yes. we ready for it? And I think that that was actually now that you're saying it that that's more that's more the the line of questioning. Not so much this is creepy, we shouldn't do it, but are we ready for this? Um, and and I think that that again kind of plays into generational. Uh, attitudes right because people who are older feel more comfortable in the ways that they're used to where younger kids are forming their experiences now and are quite open to these really different really forward-thinking ideas um, so you know I, I think I think we do the best we can right and and we design in a way that forwards the story in the most creative compelling ways that we can and hope to please the most people um, with the most engaging experience I, it's not going to happen 100 percent all the time and sometimes people will find it creepy and, in, and invasive um, but I can I can speak for myself and and my company that that's that's really not the approach uh, that we like to take. We're not we're not looking to invade people's privacy or, or comfort. We're we're trying to tell stories in an innovative and exciting way. And and uh, and right now we're at this this crossroads. It's not really even a crossroads. It's changing. Uh, the time is changing, and and audio is at this point where it's 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 right on the cusp of of a dramatic change in the order. Uh, that recorded music was, you know, before you had to go somewhere to listen to players play music, and then we figured out how to record it, and you could sit at home and do that, and and look where that's gone. Um, we're at that kind of a, a bridge. Three uh, D audio is no longer limited to the plane that we are in seven one five one stereo. Uh, it's truly, truly immersive audio. And, and we have the tools, and in fact, have had tools to accomplish this for many years. Uh, and it's just now, just starting to seep into the greater, um, into society in general, to be into the mainstream. But yeah, not quite there. And I think there are some elements that aren't quite ready for it. But you talked, Brian, you talked earlier about, um, or we talked about hotels, airports, retail spaces, but we didn't talk yet about museums. And I think that's a place where interactivity and immersion and forward thinking, all of that stuff meets in a brilliant way. And, and I think museums, especially now, and I think especially as, as we emerge from lockdowns, uh, people are going to be looking for ways to, to excite people and get them back into uh, an environment that's that's safe and comfortable and also really compelling and interesting and I think museums are right in the front of that 
I I agree. Um, you know, I, I I think museums. I also think even aquariums. I mm-hmm. I, I love yeah. how, um, you know, some of them are, are transforming themselves from from. You know, they're always kind of focused. I mean, there's there's the exhibit side. You know, there's there's different exhibits with them, but then. Yeah, I think a lot more are starting to understand there's just this greater narrative to be told. You know, it's it's a it's a collection, it's a story. Um, so I find that really interesting on where they're they're pivoting to on, on, on both sides. So um, I'm I'm definitely looking forward from everything I've been just reading and, and seeing, um, which again wants me to jump back on the plane again. But uh, <laughs> there 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 will be a time and place for that. But I am I am I'm very excited for, for what the future holds. Uh, with museums well and I think maybe somewhat like what we were talking about with airports kind of de-airportizing them so to say um, I think I think aquariums and zoos um, have have this feature now it seems like a really a really strong push for uh, to deliver a conservation message um, to educate people about species um, and and now we have technology tools and again from the audio side which is the part i can speak from best can really immerse guests in in their experience and and make it just a, a brand new uh, experience and and make it so compelling in a way that really hasn't been available before um, and and i think you know maybe to answer an overarching question that you asked earlier you know how how does audio uh, integrate with with other facets of design? I think that that this technology um, really I think that that really really helps to integrate uh, audio into the full process. Um, we can trick the eyes, and you can speak to this better than I can. But we can trick the eyes to feel like you're you're fully immersed in a very believable space even if you're not in a half dome or in a bubble right um, but audio audio is now able to do that same thing and and I feel that it, it all I think as the t- technology progresses for all facets of design I think that it just brings them closer together a tighter a tighter storytelling whole with all these little parts um, that are able to connect really dramatically so so for example um, you know if, if if our clients are working uh, with with unity or unreal um, you know we we integrate directly into into their story timeline uh, with what we're doing even though we're using a different program and um, and I think that's indicative of, of how technology is able to integrate these these things if that makes sense I don't know if that's too abstract <laughs> to say but no no I, I agree with that statement <laughs> yeah I, I feel like it's all it's bringing things together uh, so, sort of in the storytelling sense but also technologically um, that it's just it's, I want to say easy but uh, I feel like I feel like there's everything is just kind of converging uh, and audio is a big part of that. So, so you know, what does that mean? I think that that as as more f- in, more folks have these interdisciplinary conversations, uh, 
audio won't be on the back burner anymore. And I feel like there are a lot of things that won't be on the back burner anymore. And these conversations will start in blue sky phase where I may not be designing the, the soundscape at that moment, but, but we will be part of that conversation. And we've already seen that happening uh, to good effect, um, you know, where designers, even architects, you know, it's kind of crazy for a film guy to be talking with architects, but we do it. Uh, and we're able to anticipate issues uh, that might come up, like the wall of LED, LEDs, or you know, if, if if we can just spend a few minutes thinking about some hardware and software issues from a audio standpoint, we can save lots of headaches down the road. And and I think people are really starting to understand that. Uh, so uh, I think uh, certainly technology is pushing that forward. And and I think that that these disciplines are, uh, they will remain distinct, but I think that we're all kind of getting to the design process closer to the same time as we ever have. I like how you, I like how you phrased that. Mm. That's, a, that's, a very, that's a very good cool. telling so, so um, Well, thank you very much um, for, for taking the time. Um, very much enjoyed, enjoyed this. Um, this. This is a I always like to be able to have a conversation, have a fresh perspective on uh, on, on experience design, and uh, I, I love that we're able to to go in a, a direction and talk about audio. Um, so I, I I really appreciate your your point of view. Um, so thank you. Well, thanks, Brian. It's great. It's great to have a conversation with you. It it's. Um, I guess to me it's it's quite natural uh, to be talking about audio as integrated with other parts of the di design process, but uh, I realize for any listeners it may not be quite so uh, quite so intuitive. But uh, hopefully, in in the course of our discussion, we've made it kind of kind of open and, and obvious about how how these things all tie in together and make for a real tight and compelling uh, design. Uh, storytelling experience and and ultimately a great experience for for the guest right well how how can people um, if you can let everyone know how they can um, contact you how they can see um, and, and hear some of your your work and um, where they can find you sure um, so I I am at, at uh, mail m-a-i-l at iconicmusic.biz, that's I-C-O-N-I-C music, M-U-S-I-C dot B-I-Z. Um, and I assume we'll have maybe some, some uh, link or something. Uh, yes, that can be attached. Um, and, uh, and, and the website is uh, www.iconicmusic.biz. Um, and, and, you know, I'm happy to have conversations with folks um, about about possibilities um, for collaboration, or just just you know how audio might be integrated as part of their early thinking, um, and and then of course share whatever experience that we've had, um, including samples and that kind of stuff. So we're we're happy to have that conversation because I think the more that we do that. Uh, the more integrated the will become in the process, and you know, for me, things like this, um, you know, uh, TA SATE 
conferences or various IAPA things that we've done is all about educating the audience about, uh, I mean clients, potential clients about, about uh, how audio can be a really effective way of driving, driving your story. So we're happy to have that conversation. Well, Stephen, again, thank you very much. I um, really appreciate it. Yeah, me too, Brian. It's a pleasure. And uh, hope we hope we'll be able to get on an airplane soon and have a conversation in person. I agree. I would, I would thoroughly enjoy <laughs> that. All right. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Experience by Design podcast. Um, as always, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at OpenEyeGlobal. And then join me again as we continue to explore different perspectives on experience design. Till next time. Thank you.